church man i'm excited i just want to yell it to the rooftops so how about this let's do something different on the count of three i just want you all to say thank you jesus as loud as you can just yell it out don't 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 worry about looking silly because you know the lord's watching all right on the count of three just yell it out thank you jesus one two three thank you jesus yeah. let's go ahead and get the spirit the spirit here in this place you are welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I'm Nate. Let's get these morning announcements going. Join us for one of our two Christmas Eve candlelight services on December 24th at 4 p.m. or 6 p.m. There will be caroling, and it's going to be the nativity story read. The kids love it, and there's going to be some other elements that are going to be catered just for kids. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to come along with your family and friends as we celebrate the life of Jesus Christ. And on that Sunday, Christmas Eve, you got to remember, there is no morning service. If you come here, you might see an empty parking lot, all right? Make sure you come, 4 p.m. or 6 p.m. Have you met our next-gen leaders yet? Well, if not... Pastor Melissa and our Director of Kids Ministries, Shelly, will be waiting for you in the lobby January 7th, and you'll be able to introduce yourself, grab a snack, then ask whatever you need to ask about the student ministries here in New Life. It's just that easy. And that about does it for your morning announcements. Check us out on NLCChurch.com, where you can follow us on social media. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and don't forget, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus loves you. You thought I was going to go down the stairs, didn't you? pastor here at New Life Church, and it is great to just welcome you here. First service didn't get this. We had some technical issues. I wasn't able to put on my outfit, so um, you, you are the, the preferred service today, I guess. Well, um, we're so glad that you're here. I, no one's going to take this seriously on us now, are they? Okay. Uh, 
We're just so glad that you're here. Uh, I want to reiterate what Nate said earlier what about just being so glad. If this is your first time or maybe you've come a couple times, but you were just looking to get plugged in, we want you to know that New Life Church is a great place to count as your church home. Let us know that you're here on those connection cards because it's a way for us to be able to get you in the loop. Um, you won't get, get stuck on some sort of mailing list you can't get out of, but it's a great way for us to connect and to be able to pray with you about things. If there's things going on at the end of the service, we're going to do our connection cards together. And uh, if there's things we can be praying with you about, we want to know about those things. Um, so I, I have no other announcements. You know about Christmas Eve coming up. It's going to be so awesome next week. That is going to be a blast. Maybe I can wear this to Christmas Eve, too. Um, so uh, Christmas Eve next Sunday is going to be so fun as a family together, coming together and prioritizing what Christmas is really about. Starting the season, especially those, you know, those days of Christmas, those, those you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day right off on the right foot with Jesus at front, forefront and center where we sing uh, sing songs about his, his birth. We're going to read the nativity story and uh, there's going to be a special element for kids. It's going to be really, really great. And then again, New Year's Eve, that's a Sunday standard service time. Let's ring in the new year on the right foot together, all right? So with that said, we're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings. So ushers, if you will prepare yourselves, um, church, if you will prepare yourselves, we're going to give today. Thank you for your faithfulness in 2023 in giving and in investing in what God is doing here at New Life Church. Nate led us in our Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders is above and beyond. It's sacrificial giving. This is part of a regular rhythm of our church. If you count this church as your church home, this is how we sow into what God is doing here at New Life Church. It, it moves our ministry forward. Thank you for investing in it and believing for God to do great things in the year to come. You, you can give online at nlcchurch.com slash give or through the Sunday links, or you can text to give by just texting the dollar amount to 84321, or there's the envelopes in the seat back in front of you for cash or check. Just drop it in the bucket as it goes by, all right? Lord, we thank you so much for this day that we get to celebrate and sing and have joy. This is a season of joy. And so right now, God, we just posture ourselves in a place of thanksgiving because it's impossible to not have joy when we have a thankful heart. And so right now we say thank you, Jesus. For deity, God becoming flesh, becoming human, wrapping on the frailty of humanity, yet still fully in his godhood, coming to die for us so that we might know you, we might have a relationship with you and be here in this moment now with the promise of tomorrow and the promise of eternity. And so right now, Lord, take what we bring, multiply it in your hands. Let it be used for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give with joyful hearts. morning. Hi. I, I was uh, kind of half asleep at the wheel. Uh, it's like, oh, supposed to, I actually should get up there. Thank you for the opportunity, Brent, to share God's word today with this wonderful church that we've loved for all these decades, and we're so happy to be able to share the word today. Before I actually get into my Christmas message, I just wanted to tell you about something that Chris and I have done for several years.
and that is we support the Oregon Right to Life uh, Political Action Committee every year, and I'll tell you why. Um, this sounds really bad, but because it's absolutely free to do so. Um, I have some good news for you. I checked today, and over the past several years, the number in, of abortions in Oregon has gone down fairly significantly. And I think a lot of that is due to the, to the work of Oregon Right to Life and the culture of life that they are helping to build. It's not just that they're against something. It's that we are supportive of, of families. We're supportive of, of women who, are, who, are, who, are, who have children who they need to raise. And uh, there's, did you know that about half the abortions in Oregon, and there's about 8,000 a year, about half of them are paid for by the state? But the state will also pay for you to work for life. Um, so that, if, like this, Chris and I, we file our Oregon income taxes jointly, and they will give us $100 credit every year to give to Oregon Right to Life. And so I figure, like, yes, I would like my taxes to support life. So we do that every year. You can also, if you're a single filer, you can do it, and you can get a $50 credit. And it literally is a credit. And you might say, but my, I get withhold, you know, my taxes have been withheld. How would I get it? When you file, they'll send it back to you. So it is just such a wonderful opportunity. And if you would like to join us in doing this, there's a website. It's, it's uh, and I, I looked it up to make sure I got it right. It's ortlpac.org, Oregon Right to Life PAC.org. And it's, it, take, it literally took me five minutes to make my gift. And uh, it, it's so worthwhile. It literally translates into lives. And so uh, you, you have through the rest of the year, year to do it. And I would uh, challenge you to do it. Okay? All right. Thanks so much. Uh, today, being able to go ahead with the Christmas series that Brent has had, and he, he said, you know, would, would you be interested in preaching, uh, in Christmas, you know, preaching about Christmas this year? And I said, yeah, what's it about? <laughs> And he said, you can pick anything you want. And I said, great. I, wanna, I, wanna, I, have, a, I have a message in mind. I have something in mind that I'm going to share with you today. Um, the Christmas story has lots of accounts of people who are completely surprised by Christmas. If you think about it, a lot of people are totally shocked at the whole thing. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth are part of the Christmas story through John the Baptist being born. And they're completely shocked. Uh, Zacharias is like, you know, ministering before the Lord in the temple and an angel appears and says, guess what, old man, you're about to, you're about to have a child. He's completely shocked. Let me tell you, one time my wife and I played a trick on Brent and Chelsea on April Fool's. We sat them down. They were both in high school. We sat them down and we said, we've got some news for you. And they said, what? And I said, well, sometimes things happen in life that you just didn't see coming. I said, your mom and I are going to have a baby. And they were completely shocked and appalled. Uh, and then we said, it's April Fool's, ha, 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 you know. And uh, th this was not a joke, though. Zechariah and Elizabeth were going to have a baby, and he became the forerunner of Christ. Uh, Mary is completely shocked when an angel appears and, and says, fear not. Why did he say fear not? She was terrified. Uh, and he gives her the news, you're going to have a baby. Joseph is completely shocked at the news that his uh, fiancée is pregnant, and it's uh, a miracle baby. And the shepherds are completely shocked when uh, they're, not, they're not looking for anything to happen. They're just out there watching the flocks at night, and here comes this multitude of angels, and they're proclaiming this wonderful news. So a lot of people were completely taken off. You know, they, they weren't prepared for this at all. It was a complete shock. 
But there were some people who were actually seeking this newborn king. And they are who I'm going to focus on today. They are, of course, the Magi. Now, uh, I enjoy sometimes just being surprised at what I find. Uh, I like to go to Jerry's Home Improvement, which is, I think, the finest home improvement store that I've ever been been to. It's, it, the selection is amazing. The people are so helpful, uh, and, and it's so handy. And I'm not receiving anything from Jerry's for this, but I would just say if there's anybody from Jerry's that's watching <laughs> and that you would like to reach out to me, just because I did happen to mention today, uh, feel free. I'd be, I'm sure you can find me right here at the church. No, but actually, I love it when I go into Jerry's because one of the things they do is they always have an individual there who's sitting at their standing there uh, to give you a shopping cart. And then they always say, uh, can I help you find anything today? What are you looking for? And most of the time, because I go to Jerry's so much, I know exactly where I'm going. But sometimes they'll say, where do I find the Moen replacement cartridge for the faucet I'm trying to fix? And they'll tell me the exact place to go. But sometimes when I go to Jerry's, I will say to them, I have no idea what I'm here for today. I'm just going to walk around and see what I find. (laughs) And those are some of the best days of my life. Because I, I can find a tool I never knew existed, a material, a way of doing things, a plant, something. You know, there's just so many, so many exciting things to discover when you're just kind of seeing what's out there. And that kind of reminds me of this Christmas story today, these three wise men or magi that we call them. Now, several years ago, my wife and I took a trip with some family members to Germany, and we went to the city of Cologne. And if you'll put that first slide up there, Cologne, Germany has the largest uh, cathedral in Europe, with the exception of the one found at the Vatican, St. Peter's. This, this, uh, th- this is gigantic. And I, I don't know if this picture does it justice for just how big it is. And it, took, it was one of these places that took hundreds of years for people to build. It's one of these places that literally the people who began building it were building it so that their great-grandchildren could be there at the dedication. You know, that, that kind of work went into it. The next slide will show you the interior. It's a place filled with light. It's gorgeous inside. You often think, well, the cathedral is probably dark and kind of gloomy. No, not this place. It is, it's, got, it's got stained glass windows everywhere that tell the story of the Bible in all of the windows. And people would come uh, from hundreds of miles away to come to this cathedral. And the people were illiterate. And when they got there, they would literally look at the stained glass and they'd see the story of Moses and Elijah. Elijah and, and, and Noah and, and, all the, and David and Goliath, they'd all be on these picture windows that are the stained glass. And one of the features of this, of this immense, beautiful place is a, is, is a sepulcher or a, 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 a little box. It's not little, a box that kind of reminds me of a large, I don't know, a large box. If you go to this, there it is. It's gold. It's, it's, it, has, it is priceless in value. The artwork on it and the, and the gold on it, it's right behind the altar there. It's kept in a very secure place. You can't just go up and touch it and feel it or look at it. It's actually in a, in a glass box that you can't just, and it's lit beautifully. But do you know what's inside this box? Supposedly, the three wise men's skulls. And... Uh, the belief of, is that, that this, is a, this is a good thing, that this is, a, this is something that you'd want to, uh, to be around. As a matter of fact, when we were there, there was a British 
uh, tour guide that was there, and he said, uh, uh, this is the, the, where the relics, they call them the relics, these are the relics of the wise men are here. Somebody actually made little gold crowns for these skulls and things, and, and you can, you can, and he says, this is so wonderful to have them here, and we're so, we're so glad that, we, that we're blessed with having them here in Cologne. And he said, and I hope that you will plan to be with us this coming Christmas because I told the first service this every 10 years, but I believe it's every 25 years. He says, because once every 25 years, we get them out for people to be able to view. And it's happening this year, so do plan to be here. I leaned over to Chris. I said, grab the calendar, honey. <laughs> we got to write that down. You see, it's kind of interesting that the search would be to find those who found Jesus when we really can just focus on finding Jesus. And so, uh, and by the way, I don't believe, I have no reason to believe that the skulls they have are the wise men. It's just somebody who got buried pretty royally, you know. Uh, but today we're going to look at the, at the story and the account of these magi, these wise men. And the first thing I want to do is give you a little bit of background about who these people were and why they made this incredible journey that they did, because it was truly an epic journey. These men were probably from Persia. We do know from the Bible it says that they were magi or wise men from the east. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever call them kings. I think that happened in a Christmas card or a, a song, uh, because they weren't kings, but they were magi or wise men, and most likely from Persia, very likely from what we would today call Iran, and uh, very likely from evidence and the things I'm going to share with you, you'll see, I think they were probably from the Babylon area. Uh, if you go back in history to the time of Daniel and the time that, that Israel was in captivity in Babylon, you'll see that the activity of wise men is chronicled there. Daniel actually became the leader of the wise men in Babylon because he was the only wise man they had who could actually interpret a dream who actually was in touch with God. The other wise men that they had that Nebuchadnezzar called on were unable to do the things that he asked them to do. He said, tell me my dream. Tell me what it means. They're going, this isn't possible. Uh, only, only God could do that, and God isn't among us. Uh, but Daniel knew God and, and, and had, had a connection through the Spirit of God, and he was able to do these things and became the leader of these wise men. Uh, they, were, they were magicians, the Bible calls them. And these, these people remained and continued in Persia through the different kingdoms that rose and fall through, through the centuries. And at the time of Jesus' birth, there were still magi or wise men who were a prominent part of the culture there in Persia. So uh, if you look in the Bible with me, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 2. Please turn there in your Bible because some of this is not going to appear on the screen, but this first verse does. It says this, that uh, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, these magi had observed a sign in the sky. Uh, and, well, and you know what? You, you, you've heard this story. And I hope to share some things that you have not thought of or heard of. But uh, they saw the star in the sky, and it was so notable to them that it launched them on an epic journey. Now, these were not godly men. Let's understand something from the beginning. These weren't uh, God followers. They weren't, uh, they weren't Jewish. They weren't people who studied the scriptures. Uh, these were astrologers, which 
is kind of interesting because we're actually in the Bible warned not to consult the stars for what to do in our lives. We're warned not to, you know, we don't get up and read our horoscope and say, oh, today's a good day to meet a new girlfriend or today's a day to apply for a job or I shouldn't go outside today because maybe a tree will fall on me, you know, and we get these kind of things. The Bible actually says don't consult the stars for what to do in your life. Instead, find the one who made the stars. And find him as the one that you're consulting. So these guys are actually off on kind of the, they're in a direction that we wouldn't even approve of. We say, well, these are astrologers. But did you know that God will find you in the, in the direction that you have taken in life and he will direct you toward the truth if you'll be open to him. And here are some men that are completely not looking for God. They are looking for things in the sky and they see something that really captures their attention. This star that they saw was not normal. It wasn't, it wasn't Halley's Comet passing by. It wasn't just a, the alignment of a couple of stars that came along every once in a while and this happened. This was a, a miraculous sign. And as we'll see as the scripture continues to unfold, it was a miracle star. So they began to look for meaning. It was very common in that time to attach meaning to great things that happened in, uh, in, in, in history. Or at that moment. For instance, when Caesar Augustus was born, uh, it was said that a star appeared in the sky for him. It was said that even when great biblical people were born, like Moses or Abraham or Elijah, that there were signs in the sky that, would, uh, that had uh, trumpeted their coming. Now, these things are not biblical. They're probably not true at all. But it was the belief that great, when, when great people came, uh, that there would be signs in the sky for them. Now, the difference was that this sign was genuine. This was not myth. This was not something that came out of, a, 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 out of, out of some story about the false gods. This was genuine. And so these men started to look because they saw this miraculous star. They said, well, let's find the meaning for it. And if, and if they were in Babylon, like I believe, they probably, one of the things they would have done is consult their Jewish friends who were scholars. You see, not everybody, when they rebuilt Jerusalem and the temple and the walls back in Jerusalem, left Babylon. Some Jewish people stayed there. And so it's very likely, because, and I'll explain my thinking here, it's very likely that they consulted Jewish people and asked them, do you have any idea about this star that we've just seen? And the reason I say that was on the, when they arrive in Jerusalem, they're quoting Scripture. Where did they get Scripture? They had to get Scripture from those who knew Scripture. And so they're, they're quoting prophecy. One prophecy that stands out in my mind that I'm sure that some Jewish people talk to them about is found in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. In Numbers 24, uh, a, a man who was really misguided and was not being obedient to God uh, was named Balaam. He, he stood up to prophesy and, he, and God gave him a prophetic word that was true and right on. And here's what that word was. He said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob and a scepter will rise out of Israel. And there are other scriptures other prophetic words that would all point to these same kind of things. This, is, this one is uh, uh, quite descriptive. A star comes out of Jacob. Uh, a scepter is in his hand. He's going to be a king. And so they began to pursue this line of thinking. Maybe this is something that we should be looking at. And through their study, they concluded rightly that if they're going to find a king for Israel, where do you go? Jerusalem. 
because that's the capital. That's where the great kings of Israel had been in the past. That's where David had been. That's where Solomon had been. That's where uh, all the kings of Israel had been. And so if we're going to find a king in Israel, where do we go? We go to Israel. And so they began this epic journey. It was at least a thousand miles. This is not just three men who get on, who mount up on camels one day and say, hey, what do you say we head for Jerusalem? This is a big deal. You had to get together all the logistics and the support people. And, and, and they, they probably had, uh, had, had servants go with them and uh, food and all the things and water that it took to go across this amazing wilderness that they had to travel across. And that was a long and a dangerous trip. They would take, it would take the minimum of several months in preparation and plan to get there. And when they got to Jerusalem... They, they thought, well, if we're going to find a king, where do we go except the palace? And so they go straight to Herod the king. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, look there with me. It says, they came to King Herod and they said, where is he or where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Oh, I'm going to pop your bubble on what I think here <laughs> about something about this journey. I do not believe that they were traveling by night, even though the song says so. I don't believe they were traveling by night following the star. Because the text really indicates that they saw the star in the east and it sent them on their journey and they were not following it to Jerusalem. That I, and I, I, Some of you are going, man, now I don't know if I can trust you at all, Todd. Trust me, I'm going to show you why I say this in a moment. But they got to Jerusalem and they went to where King Herod was and they said, we saw his star. First of all, that's past tense. We saw his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Look at the purpose of their coming. They didn't come to Jerusalem because they heard that it had great shopping. They didn't go to Jerusalem because they heard that the temple was worth seeing, and it certainly was. They didn't go to Jerusalem because they heard that the city walls were magnificent and that the people there were blessed, because they were. They came to Jerusalem because they wanted to find the one born king of the Jews, and they came with an expectation that they were going to worship him. That's... That's quite a turn from we were astrologers looking for something in the stars to now we are people on a quest to find God. And you may be in your life, everybody is, on a journey where you're finding the purpose and meaning that God has for you and the evolution of where you were to where you are is fantastic. Where you are right now is not what God is going to take you to yet in the future. There's so much more ahead for you. And these men went from being heathen to now having a purpose of, we want you to know something, we're here to worship the one born king of the Jews. It wasn't just that they wanted to see him for their own eyes. It wasn't just that they wanted to confirm that it was really true. It's that they were coming with an expectation that they were going to lay their lives down before him because that's what worship's about. They were there to worship him. Now, the star, oh, by the way, this is an aside. It doesn't really have anything to do with the message other than this. Jesus was not born to become king of the Jews. He was born king. That's what it says. We are here to worship the one who was born king. That's, that's That's a first That's amazing. He's born king. He didn't have to ascend to the throne. He didn't have to battle for the throne. He was king from the very beginning. Now, this star gave them focus. 
Verse number three says, when, Herod, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And when Herod's disturbed, everybody's disturbed. Because it says, in all Jerusalem with him. That sent ripples, that sent tidal waves through the city, through the entire area. There is a king born here. What about the king we already got? And so uh, these men could have easily been dissuaded. They could have easily been taken off the path, but they stayed focused on their purpose. Herod could not direct them away. He did not change their, their purpose. His schemes did not fool them. Now, take a look at verses number 4 through 8. These will not appear on the screen. You actually have to look at your Bible. Here's what it says. When he had called all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the day of Judah are by no means least among the elders of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. The people call, and then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. This supports again my, my thesis that the star was not in front of them the whole time as they went across the desert. He said, when, when did you see that? They didn't take him outside. Did you see it right there? It's right there. No, no. He said, when did you see this? What was going on? They gave him the news. He sent them to Bethlehem and he said, go and make a careful search for the child as soon as you find him. Report to me that I too may go and worship him. And then God did a miracle. Look at the next verse. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them. It's back. Until it stopped over the place where the child was, and here we go, and when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now this star... Again, I'm going to tell you, it was not a natural phenomenon. And a lot of people like to attach everything that happens in the Bible to a natural phenomenon. Oh, that's the time that, you know, Venus lined with Saturn and, the, and the, you know, there was an explosion. And the, no, this was a miracle star because it did something that you cannot ever imagine. It led them to an address. Stopped over the house. Now, I have looked, I, I, I actually went out and looked at the moon the other night. And I thought, that moon's not pointing me to an address. Uh, and that's the closest thing I've got. That's the biggest thing in the sky that I can see. That it took a special miracle work of God to lead them right to the house where Jesus was. That star literally parked over that house. I mean, no wonder they're rejoicing. They're going, this is what we saw clear back in Persia. This is what we traveled on foot a thousand miles to see. This is what we have risked our lives for. This is what we have come for. And can you imagine the excitement inside of them when the star reappears? That's why it says they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They were overjoyed. Their journey was being led by a hand that was greater than them, by a force and by a, by a wisdom and a, by an authority that far exceeded Herod or anything anybody on earth could have. And I want you to know that your life is being guided, directed by a hand that is greater than your understanding. Your life is now under God's, under God's direction. You are being funneled toward finding Jesus. And... This is not just for people who are just about to receive Jesus as Savior. This is about all of us, that we would see Jesus in a new way that directs us towards God's purpose for our lives, God's plan for our lives, and God's fulf and the fulfillment of what he is directing us toward. 
It could be in your job. It could be in your relationships. It could be in your ministry. It could be in your education. God is directing your life. And today, we have, we have something even better than a star in the sky. We have the Holy Spirit guiding and directing us. We have the Word of God who speaks clearly to us. And His direction is a reason for great joy. Now, look at verse number 11 with me, please. On the coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Look, I just got to pause and say, look, they did the thing they came to do. They didn't get sidetracked. There he is. They fell down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. Now, we often call these the wise men or the magi, uh, but... Think about how the story could have played out differently if this would have been the wise women. I think this could have gone really a whole lot better. For one thing, they would have been on time. They would have been on time. This kid's now two years old or something. Where have you been? They would have been on time. Not only on time, they would have got there early and helped with the birth. And they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to get a shower organized. We're going to get people in here. We're going to get some, you're going to need some things. They would organize a shower. They would have brought casseroles. <laughs> and they would have said to the kid in the corner with the drum, you get out of here with that drum. What are you thinking? <laughs> really? We need some rest and sleep. Uh, seriously, these people worshipped and they brought their gifts. I want you to imagine with me this, this moment of gift giving. They've, they've fallen down in worship and now one of them pulls out his gift and he says, I got you this, it's myrrh. And Mary goes, myrrh, man, that is, that's lovely. Oh, what a wonderful scent. Oh, it's lovely. Thank you so much, myrrh. Yeah. Another guy says, pulls out his gift. Oh, you're going to like this one too, frankincense. She goes, frankincense. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Oh, what a, what a wonderful thought. We really appreciate that. Joseph, thank you. Take that, honey. And the, another guy comes down, and he bows down, and he goes, and I bring you gold. The other two are going, whoa, come here. We had a $10 limit. <laughs> what are you doing? You are embarrassing us in front of the Holy Family. <laughs> now, these were all treasures. These were all treasures, and they were not little. They were lavish, and they were, they were spiritually significant. They were practically significant. As a matter of fact, within just days of this, Joseph is going to be warned. Herod's after the baby, pick up the family, run to Egypt, and he stayed there for an extended period of time. How do you think they did it? On the value of the gifts. This is a poor family. They, they did it on the value of the gifts. So the wise men not only were able to find fulfillment for themselves, we have found the Savior. They actually fulfilled the need that this holy family was about to have. Their gifts were significant. And I just want to say, when we come to Jesus, one of the things we do is we truly worship. We make a significant sacrifice for God's work. Nate so wonderfully today talked about how God has worked in his life to help him to learn to give. These wise men made significant gifts. And God helps us all to make a significant contribution to the work of God as we come to the Savior. Now, verse number 12 says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed 
to their own country by another way. This verse has, for me, has a couple of very powerful things I want you to see with me. The first one is this. They found Jesus, first of all, by going a direct, they were, they were involved in a direction that was not right. Here they are, you know, looking at the stars and astrology and everything, and God had directed them now to the point that they aren't looking to stars for direction. He is speaking to them just like he spoke to the others, just like he spoke to Joseph, just like he spoke to Mary, just like he spoke to the shepherds. Now he's speaking to them. They are hearing God. They have the Holy Spirit now working in them. You know what I'm telling you is their lives were transformed. It wasn't they showed up just so they could deliver off some good gifts. They, they came so that their lives could be changed. And when the Bible says they, came, they went home a different way, I know they're literally saying they took a different path back to Persia because they wanted to avoid Herod. But can I make a metaphorical or a kind of a spiritual application there? They went home on a different path. They left a different path. They left a different people. They left as a different people. They left with a different testimony in their heart. I'm sure when they went back to Babylon, they're no longer going, we need to look at the stars. Instead, they're going, we are hearing the voice of God in our lives. And I don't know how it, what circumstances have brought you to Christ, but you will leave different. You will leave changed. You will leave fulfilled. You will leave with a different outlook and a different future when you come to the foot of the Savior. Today, we are all at that very place. We're at that, that place where they were. We are bowing before the one born King of the Jews. We are the one born to be the sacrifice for sin. The one who was, came to die and rise again. And we will not leave the same. Perhaps you have been, you've come through an odd way. You may, you may say, the way I came is so weird. It's, it's, it wasn't godly. It wasn't, wasn't what other people, it doesn't matter. He got you to the foot of Jesus. And when you're here at the foot of Jesus, you can give your life to him. The Bible speaks about the transformation that comes to us when we, when we give our lives as sacrifices Paul wrote to the Romans and he said, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. He's saying, don't go back to the old astrology. Don't go back to the old things of the past. He says, don't be conformed any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I kind of like to think of the star as like a picture of the Holy Spirit. He captured their attention. He led them. He appeared to them in times when they needed direction. And that direction led them right to the foot of Jesus. The Holy Spirit today is working in your life. He's brought you here. You're not here by accident. You're not hearing this at home by accident. You're not hearing this message today here on campus by accident. You're hearing this by the divine call and direction of God. And as you respond to him and say yes to what God has through Jesus, you will find eternal life. Not just a momentary joy, a good Christmas, 
but eternal life. The Apostle John said this. He says, and this is the real and eternal life that they know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Eternal life is yours. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, today some of us here are saying, my life needed direction or is needing direction so badly. And I find myself here at Christmas going, what is the purpose of my life? What, what, what should I do with my life? Am I on the right track? And there are so many things that are important, but the most important is, is that we find eternal life in you. So we pray, Lord, for people today who need to know Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because in knowing you, that's eternal life. We bow our hearts before you, lay our lives down as a sacrifice and say, from this day forward, I'm walking a new direction. From this day forward, I'm a changed person. From this day forward, I'm a follower of Jesus. And in this room and at home right now, there are people hearing this and they need this. So I'm going to ask you to just pray a prayer with me, receiving Jesus as your Savior. To not just know about Jesus or not just agree with Jesus or not just think, you know, church is a good thing, but for you to personally know him. If you will pray this prayer with me, I'd like everybody in the room to pray with me and to repeat this, but pray it from your heart. Join me, will you? Dear Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, the one born to be my King. Please come into my heart and transform me. Change me by your power. Lift me out of my sin and give me a new life. I will follow you this day and every day following. Amen. With your head still bowed, how many people today would say, Pastor, either today for my very first time or I'm coming back to him, I just prayed that prayer for me. Today I have been led to the place of I'm going to follow Jesus from this day forward. I've just asked him to be my Savior. Would you raise your hand and hold it up and look at me until I see you and I acknowledge you by just saying I see you. Would you hold up your hand? Thank you and thank you. I see you both back there. Thank you. How many more? Praise God for that. With the people that rose this morning in first service, we had about eight or nine, two more. To, that's wonderful news. Now, everybody look up at me because for this, you don't have to be giving, you don't have to be private with this. How many of you would say, I feel like God is leading me towards something new, something important in my life, and it's time for me to take that next step. God may have me on an epic journey right now toward what's ahead because there's blessing in following the Holy Spirit into, that, into those steps. And if you right now are saying, you know, I think God's got me on a journey. I, I, I may have come through a funny way. I may have got here. I don't know how, but here I am, and I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm about, I think he's calling me onto a journey that's going to take me close to him. That might be into ministry. It might be into a new career. It might be into a new purpose in your life. It might be to world missions. I don't know. But God is putting you on an epic journey, and you're willing to just take the first step today and say, I'll follow the Holy Spirit where he leads me. Would you hold up your hand? And it's okay if people are looking around. Praise God. All right, everybody, would you stand up with me? 
I want to pray with those who just raised their hand and said, I feel like God has got, is putting me on a journey and this journey is going to take me to wonderful new things. As If you just raised your hands, hold them up again as we pray, all right? Lord, across this room are men and women, young and old, who are raising their hands and saying, I believe God has got me on a journey. He's taking me out of where I was. He's taking me out of my past, out of my old ways, my old way of thinking, my old way of understanding. And he's taking me into a new place, a new level, a new uh, effectiveness, a new level of sacrifice. He's taking me to a new place in Jesus. And so, Lord, I say yes to you today. I'm willing to go on that journey. I will not be dissuaded. I will not fall into Satan's traps. I won't go off in in wrong directions. I'm going to keep following the Holy Spirit because that light is going to lead me to the next steps he has for me. And I thank you, God, that you are faithful and you are true in all that you're going to lead me in, in the ways that you led those magi from where they were in the old life into this new way you're leading me into some wonderful new things and i receive it in jesus name amen amen all right i want you to take out your uh your phone i want you to uh uh or if you don't want to use your phone get one of the paper slips you can use the code or you can go to nlcchurch.com forward slash connect and that will take you to the connections card but i want you to fill out a connection slip with me first of all if you receive jesus as your savior today either you are home or here i want you to fill that out and let us know check the box that we did that or you did that so that we can get back in touch with you but here's the other thing in addition to putting prayer requests which we so encourage if you feel like god has is directing you into a new epic journey in him something that's taking you from what you were to where you're going, I want you to write that down so that we can be praying with you about it. And you might just say, I don't even know what it is. I just sense that, boy, there's movement happening. Good, write it down. We'll be praying for you. Or maybe you know specifically. Maybe he's calling you to a, uh, to a tribe in Africa. Maybe he's calling you to a ministry, uh, a, a tribe of children here at the church. Uh, you know, whatever, wherever God is leading you, write that down so that, first of all, you commit yourself by doing that. You're saying, all right, God, I'm, I'm acknowledging it, that you're speaking. And then we can be praying with you, all right? All right. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. You know what? You follow Jesus like this, you're going to have a wonderful Christmas. And so we look forward to seeing you next week at 4 or 6 o'clock for Easter, or for Easter service. <laughs> Thinking way ahead for, for Christmas Eve service. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Hug somebody's neck, okay? Tell them you love them in Jesus' name.